stand out? Um, whatever we were talking about from before that. <laughs> Do you want to go into it again, or that moment's passed? No, let's uh, let's start over. Uh, totally start over. Yeah. Okay. Hey, welcome to a new <laughs> episode of Was Curated Indie Games. I'm your host Ari, and I'm Joey. All right. We we're are super pumped. Because <laughs> we're starting over. <laughs> yeah. We had a really good Fifty Shades run. Um, we like made a bunch of jokes about how the floors were sticky, and then how there was lots of dick necks, and then there was necks with actual dicks. Uh, do you remember anything else we said before? It was... Uh, it was all... You had to be there, guys. It was great. <laughs> it was um, like super good. It was super, super good. Uh, you started talking about pickup artists. We had great names. You mentioned Power Stone as a good name, <laughs> then realized it was a video game. Then I proposed Battle Block Theater as a pickup artist name. <laughs> and then you showed me an FMV made by a pickup artist. It made me sick. So there's but we a. Also, were, I was enticed to play it. Okay, so let me. Okay, let's start there. Okay. Super Seducer on Steam. Super Seducer. Uh, $9.87 is full FMV pickup artist instructional something something. Ari's going to buy it. Uh, no, no, no. You no, said no. that in the previous recording. No, I, you said you were going to buy <laughs> everyone a copy on your Steam list. <laughs> no, what we actually said was if anybody buys it, please, please, please tell us what it's like or record it or do something because I'm sure it's incredible. <laughs> we should go on YouTube and see if we can find some Let's Plays. Yeah. Because um, I would also love to see how the kind of tardy Let's Play dudes interact with somebody like that like, oh my god i just fell into a ditch <laughs> you know like that I, kind of shit i i i think some it's... racist shit <laughs> oh it's a woman show me your tits the synergy of that that content to marketplace though is almost perfect and here's how you can pick up a bunch of chicks nerds on steam and there, and it's in a form in which you understand. Yeah, nerds on Steam. It's on Steam, and it's a game, and it's interactive. So, how about I give you my number? Yeah, sounds great. Wow, it's so easy. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, so easy. Whoa. <laughs> Why didn't I do that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that. That is pretty incredible. The FMVness of it is is also incredible. Yeah, because uh, it it taps into that kind of. Um, nostalgia too to see actual naked porno titties <laughs> in the like, shitty fmv video game i can't remember the last time i played an fmv other than phantasmagoria oh man that that's a hot i know that it's like kind of becoming fire you know how like vhs style stuff is like kind of like a retro aesthetic yeah. like i think people are trying to make new versions of fmv games now wasn't zo quinn gonna do one or there was like Oh, I played one actually. It was one of the itch games I played about being like uncomfortable answering your front door. Oh, that was FMV? Uh ish. It oh. had like it was all videoed animations. Oh, okay. You know, acted out by the guy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so I guess maybe not technically, but it was full I mean, it was motion video, I mean. It it was it was did you see full-on naked titties, though? No, no. So it wasn't true FMV. Losing me. Full naked titties, motion video. <laughs> the game. The game. Colin, the game. 
So what have you been playing outside of uh, Super Seducer? <laughs> I almost uh, forgot the name of that again. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've been playing, given given uh, a good sh- shot to Monster Hunter. Yep. Um, I played some... One of us. I played some online multi with a full crew. I've yet to do that. Um, it was pretty cool, but I was so green that like I really wasn't helping much. I was just like the little brother who's like, I'm doing stuff. <laughs> it's like, sure you are. Yeah. Whatever, man. Your controller's not plugged in. <laughs> it, it felt like that as they just like massacre this thing, and I was just like, ah, I'm throwing rocks at him. It's a, is it only four still in the Monster Hunter world? Oh, uh, that's yeah. I you might be able to do more, but that's all we played. With. Okay, I I feel like it's only four, but. Uh, um, that's I, the default when you open up a new game is it says four. Mm. I've never tried to go up, but I think it's just four. I think it's four. Yeah, plus your catmans. You get your catmans. Who I try to leave home as much as possible <laughs> or at the camp because I, I just don't need them. Did we talk about your catmans last time? No, we just. No, what's your catman's name? Uh, Fart Barf. Fart Barf. Yeah. Right. It, the most disrespectful <laughs> name I can give him. Though my main guy's name is Barfo. So oh, okay. So it was, it was in theme. Yeah, yeah it was in theme. So uh, it not not grabbing you as much as some people. You know, it it's a it's like an excellent game in certain aspects, but it's like so Capcom in that like they just <laughs> don't give a shit about fixing certain things yep. that are so so just like amateurish. It's so bizarre like that they just don't clearly it's something that's come to their attention they just like no this is the way we're doing things. They just just like doubled down on the bad decision on of, bad decisions is, and it, there's so much in there that's really neat and really cool like i mean the coolest part of that game by far is the ai and by far the interactions of the monsters with other monsters and the the feeling that you're actually hunting something Mm -hmm. like that is totally unique and totally uh amazingly done the characters are so goddamn cool the design is awesome the monster design yeah the monster design is so goddamn cool but like there's so much bullshit around it (laughs) yeah there's just so much bullshit there's a lot of the story is is like garbage. Who yeah, cares? stories stories always garbage. There's just like a lot of anime. Like who cares about it. any? Like it, it's so stupid. And like the the crafting system is just like frustrating. Mm-hmm. They could have been streamlined. The weapon system is like kind of cool because you can like make armor and weapons out of particular guys, which is an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more just like jumbled complexity and like uh, different uh, screens that you just drive through that have so much information that's unnecessary there's so much tedium i switched weapons what what's your weapon that you play with i played all of 3ds with the gun lance gun lance that's fucking cool and i switched to the charge sword oh is that the one that turns into a shield and an axe it turns like you uh, can have a a sword and a shield or you turn it into an axe it I think so because there's the switch axe. It's not no 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 no. I don't, it, I'm, and I, then this one I do believe has the shield. Yeah, and uh, then it turns into an axe when you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I've been playing with that one recently. I've heard that's one of the more complicated ones. That's why I switched. Oh really? To it. Yeah. Oh. It, to like get good with it, I guess. I just thought it was like more functional, like it's quick without being weak. I still don't have because it's like I've played so much with that other one. That I have not really gotten my head around the flow of this thing yet, but yeah. I was like, if I don't change, I feel like I'm gonna burn out because I've already played so much of this game with that other one, and I've like honed in on my tactics with that. I will say that's another cool thing about the game is that it, it 
it genuinely feels like a fighting game at some point because of the combinations. Mm-hmm. Like, like e- each weapon has its own combinations that when you do them, you do like a finishing or like a combo attack, which is pretty cool. And now all the weapons and feel if, very different. If they feel very different, but some of them are just stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they're not all good just because they're all different, but um, it is neat that each one has its own. Like if you're playing Street Fighter and then you have like Ken versus Guile or something like that, it felt like there are very different combos and moves. Mm-hmm. That that was neat too. There's just so much bullshit. I was getting really frustrated the last time I was playing, trying to capture uh, oh, monsters. That's right. You were telling me about that because like the only way that you can capture a monster is once it starts. You beat it up on it enough that it starts limping, and only when it starts limping, then you can set a trap down. And then once you get in a trap, then you have to like trank it. Mm-hmm. And I would get to the point where I would your wh- bloodlust would take over, and you couldn't stop yourself from slaying the. No, poor I would. I would. I would beat the hell out of it, and then I'd throw a trap down because you can't tell that it's limping until it runs away from you. Mm-hmm. As it's just in the screen you're in, it's not gonna. There's no way to really easily tell that it's limping. So I beat it the hell out of it, and I think like, okay, it's got to be limping now. And then I throw down a trap, and no, it was too early. And now I have to go and find the shit to craft it into more traps, and that takes more time. Then I come back, and I beat the crap out of it, and I kill it. And <laughs> I, it's like, oh. So you you don't see it limp at all. It just goes straight to killing it. Not at that point, because I, then you have to attack it again mm-hmm. to get back into the battle mode. And then oh, yeah. you, it has to be running away, really. Like, I really thought I was missing something. Like, the, like it really seems like it'd be easy if they had a way for you to tell that it was ready other than that it's just limping without ruining the mystique of monster huntering. I think when it's, it's just a level of frustration that's totally unnecessary. I feel like when it switches into limp mode, it always tries to go away from you at, right away. You can stop it, but I feel like when it starts limping, it It didn't leaves. seem that way to me. I tried. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I, obviously I haven't been playing it 140 hours. Mm-hmm. So I, I, there I haven't could played be stuff, this one 140 hours. There could either, be but... stuff that I'm missing, but like that, I, I did it. That happened to me three times, mm-hmm. and I, after that, of like spending the time to go track down the trap stuff again, and like put but it. But you together. got your loots. You got you took loots out. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so journeys, not the destination or whatever. I don't. know. I don't know either. Yeah, okay. like it, it's a, but I, like I will. I I know I will. Ultimately, I'll go back to it. Uh, and play more because it is like very very cool to find a new monster i did have the experience of two monsters just going at each other and i'm just sitting there and watching like, them yes <laughs> it's do it, yes. awesome to watch but <laughs> they, yeah um, they, they really make it feel it's never going to be a game that i played for 140 hours because there's so much bullshit in there too if it were portable it, you might i don't know maybe but because i'm know. not playing this one that long either yeah because i it's it's more of a thing to commit to but it, it is it is uh, interesting. Like it does do certain things that no other games really do. There's um, one from indie game studio Crytek. Yeah. From indie game studio Capcom <laughs> yeah. to Crytek. Crytek has one in early access right now called Hunt, I believe, or okay. the Hunt. And then there's a subtitle. So. I gave you like 50% of it. You could probably <laughs> find it. But it's, I really want to like it and get it. It also could be super frustrating. But in the vein of, like you said, there isn't a lot of games that do what Monster Hunter does. Mm-hmm. 
the hunt's premise is you're like in a southern old timey this uh, is not Witcher 3 the Wild Hunt? No. Okay. <laughs> this is a two player squad multiplayer game where you have like a handful of two player teams and they're all trying to track down a monster. So you have this giant open world map that as you discover clues, it narrows down on the map where the monster is hiding because he's in some building somewhere. And every team's goal is to catch and kill this same monster and then get out with the proof that they killed it. But they're all in the same server? Yes. Okay. So it's also a deathmatch game because you can like track down where the monster is and kill it, and then someone can kill you and take your proof, or the other way around. Yeah. So it's like, you not only have to watch out for the environment things that'll kill you, so there's like special infected, like a Left 4 Dead an- uh, anagram or whatever, analogy, and then there's the big bad, and then there's the other squads that are trying to do the thing you're trying to do. So it's like, your whole strategy could just be like, I'm going to wait for someone else to kill the bad, and then when they're weak... I'm going to hang out and kill them and take the thing and yeah, run. Yeah, but the map's huge and the player count is not, so you might not even see another team. Oh, okay. But, like, I was watching somebody play it, and it got to the point where they tracked down this... You get to pick, I think, when you're going into matchmaking, you get to pick what monster you're going after. So there's a handful of early access ones, and they went after the spider or whatever it was. And they got into this attic, and it's this massive, creepy spider that, like, crawls around on the ceilings, and it, like, is really strong. But it's, like, you could probably stumble upon it by chance. But they went through, and they found these things that narrowed down the section of the map it was in, and then found it in the building, and it killed both of them. Like, the game seems very unforgiving, very punishing, but there's also that kind of team aspect of it that's very intriguing to me. And also, like you're still hunting stuff. Mm. It just seems very un mm. Like Coming from yeah. a Crisis and Far Cry and all that, Like this seems like a really cool new multiplayer thing, which I always want to try stuff like that. But I'm going to give it a little bit, because I think right now it looks so hard, it might not be fun. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea of it anyway feels like it could hit that Monster Hunter itch. There just isn't like the grind i don't think but like if your guy dies he's dead so you have to like the the stuff you level him up with or whatever is gone there's like a Mm. persistence in some way i don't know it seems intriguing but i don't know yeah alphas yeah well (laughs) we're not in that section yeah um pit people came out of early access yeah that's exciting i loaded that back up that's still very fun. Was it very different from when you played it last time? Um, there's more story now, more cutscenes. Cool. Um, the actual content that you play was very similar. Okay. Um, they put a lot into that game. I think it's like their weird Pokemon almost because you can <laughs> catch guys and add them to your team. Well, they they it came out of early access way sooner than I thought it would. Yeah. But they also it still spent. Like four years. Good amount of time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got their traditional quirk. I still think Battle Block might be my favorite game of theirs. I love that game, yeah. Like, that just hit the sweet spot of mechanic and, like, their flourish without it getting in the way of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like Pit People isn't super, like, 
engaging to play because all it is is a tactics game where the combat is automatic because it's you place a, a melee dude next to another enemy and then he'll hit them when you end your turn. Mm-hmm. But if you place them next to two dudes, it will pick which one of the guys you're going to hit. So like the the game is just um, strategic placement yeah. of stuff, which is interesting. But Battle Block, I feel like you could have played forever, and it would always be fun. Yeah, it has super replay. Yeah. but th- And this has, like, the collectible aspect, and the narrator, like, hating your character is super funny, and, like, the writing's really good. And, I mean, I think it's only $15. Like, that's a steal anyway. Like, it's it's really good. Um. I bought the Surge. Yeah. Have not played it yet, but it was on like a. a uh, Does it taste as good as we remember? Like that mm, sugary Mountain Dewy. Feels like I'm too old to drink it. <laughs> not, Surge is like um, steam, or like not steampunk, but like a mechanical horror version of Dark Souls. Mechanical hua. Yeah, <laughs> like your body is like has weird chunky robot bits attached to it or coming out of it or like futuristic robots that aren't completely slick and smoothed over yeah so uh it looks like really junkyard neat. robots yeah like you kind of look Franken like you're robots. in like a Frankenstein. Ripley suit yeah okay oh, you know like at the end of yeah the, the exoskeleton thing yeah so it looks really neat i i got it because it was half off um and i had i've had it on my list for a while but i haven't played it yet but i know that that was a the company that did, fuck, what is it called? Lords of the Fallen or something? It was another Dark Souls like, the the only other really big budget one that they tried to do, that someone tried to do to make another Dark Souls. Lords of the Fallen sounds like it could be a Coheed and Cambria album. It so might, I just don't know. It might also be that. <laughs> um, and this one is indie because it said so on the tags i bought <laughs> vermintide 2 which is, which is a warhammer game which is a warhammer game made but it's like a small ish studio but it looks like a, a fucking triple a big budget thing yeah so who knows but i i've played it by myself a couple of times it's essentially a new left for dead but that's all i can really say on that it uh i played the for one of the missions and in single player, if you go down and die, then it's game over. Whereas if you're with somebody, they can rescue you from like so if they progress is it further into just the kind thing. of impossible to play single player. No, they can bring you back up, like they can raise you. But if you die, die, yeah, like your teammates would be able to like open a do- something and save you further down in the level. But if you die yeah. now, that you don't like sit there and watch the computer people, yeah, like progress. They're not going to bring you back. Right. So, it, I mean, it's still fun, but I might jump into some, like, randos just to see that yeah. aspect. But like, once I get more, like, accustomed to it, because it's, it's very pretty, and I just fucking want more Left for Dead. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Are you just hammering everyone? Yeah. I, I did the dwarf, but I did just change it to um uh, a hand axe or something. I haven't used it on people. Went away from the hammer. Yeah. I feel good about it, though. Yeah. That hammer, you sent me a video of a guy just hammering people. It looked it's, pretty satisfying. It's, the crunch of it is <laughs> super satisfying. <laughs> um, and I, I got into the breach, which I feel like is like a huge indie thing that doesn't need a lot of discussion. 
because everyone knows what FTL is at this point. <laughs> uh, but it's really good. Yeah. Uh, that'll be an awesome iPad game when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to get that. Yeah, it's it's really good. Again, it's all about this, the strategic placement of of stuff on an 8x8 map. Strategery. Strategery, yes. Yeah, I feel like I could get that on my phone and feel good about it. I don't know if you could do it that small. You don't think so? My phone's pretty big. Yeah, but... Still? Still. Okay. And they would probably have to do it where you have buttons that would move like a selector around hmm. because you i think if you were clicking that the stuff point. there'd be too much in be the too way fine point yeah hmm. okay it's real good and i'm sure they'll eventually bring it on something because ftl eventually went oh, on something. everything yeah yes, something um any, any others you want to bring up in our uh room? i played a game that i really we mentioned it before i really really loved it though uh but i don't know that i talk about it as a marquee but it's four last things Oh, you did? I, I played through it. Oh. It was like two hours. Okay. And it's, or maybe three hours. Uh, it's the Joe Richardson game by the guy who made, uh, what was it? The preposterous, preposterous awesomeness of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, so freaking cool. Like, I was playing through the whole game. I was like, this is so freaking cool. He animates everything using public domain renaissance art. Yeah. Which like the is... backgrounds, the, the characters, but he animates them and they look good. But they still look kind of like that Terry Gilliam, like walking, where it's just like one <laughs> leg that's moving and the other one's yeah. dragged along. Um, and the the neat thing is, like at one point in the game, you go into a art store or a gallery, <laughs> yeah. and the gallery has all the paintings that were used in the game oh, as awesome. art sprites, <laughs> so you can see the actual paintings that's with the names. Cool. And you don't have to, but you can walk around and look at them, which yeah. is super neat. Uh, do you know the the kind of basic story of the game? Uh, loosely recap it. It's it's basically like you are this commoner dude who goes to the church and is like, "Hey, can you pardon me for some of the sins that I've committed?" And they're like, "Well, we'd be happy to take your money, but uh, unfortunately, you committed them outside of our jurisdiction, so you're going to hell." And it's like, "Oh man!" <laughs> like, and one guy's like, "Well, but," and and the other one's like, "Shut up, don't." And he's like, "What? What? What? What is that?" And he's, and, and and they're like. Well, if you recommit all the sins here, then we can just do a clean slate and pardon you for all of them. And you're like, okay. So it's then the game is you going around trying to commit the seven deadly sins. That's funny. Uh, Which is, it's such a great premise. And is it, it's like weird Brewster's Millions, like with (laughs) sin or something. Yeah. So is it, uh, is it become clear through the plane that your guy's just like a piece of shit? He's not really like... The some of the stuff, like uh, it's hard without ruining some of the. But some of them, uh, some of the the puzzles. But like one of them, for sloth, it's just you're you're laying around for a while, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like that's really good. You know, there, there's stuff like that where it's they're not necessarily like you're not you don't need to like rape and you know. Yeah, it doesn't need to be crazy. super dark. No, no, yeah. no. Um, it's more good. funny and the. <laughs> Just each each level has, uh, or each screen has like a different animation of a band or like a lute player or like a pianist playing music, and there's Renaissance music playing. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool. Yeah, it's it, it's very striking looking, and like how well he was able to pull that off, kind of like an aviary attorney. Yeah, but this is this is it, it's different than this is more to it than aviary attorney art wise. 
because you're in aviator attorney you know there's more static backgrounds that you're interacting with oh and right. your guys kind of moving around this is like there's a lot more to it too but the the gameplay in aviator attorney is more yeah and you know this it's not huge but it was satisfying mm-hmm. definitely worth the price of admission did and you play it on tablet no i played it on steam oh okay uh, the puzzles are like not stupid but they're not super hard mm-hmm. um there's a little bit i will say there's a couple times where there is um click hunting you know pixel hunting pixel hunt, yeah uh which is my favorite not cool <laughs> but i was willing to overlook that just because how funny and awesome the animation is and like there's more like self-referential humor does it how does it stack up against preposterous awesomeness because i know you like that one I, I like them both. I, I was kind of, even though Preposter's Awesomeness, the art was probably way harder because there was like the collage, way more unique sprites and stuff. Yeah. Like this seemed more mature in, in the animation mm. and just was like so, such a good idea. <laughs> such a cool freaking thing that he executed really well. Nice. So, yeah, it's hard to say. I just, I, I want to play those. I like, I feel like I wish I just love to play adventure games that, you sh- you know you could play this one with a walkthrough next to you, mm-hmm. or just like watch a let's play for an hour. Um, I, I I own it already on iPad, so it's like it's right there. I yeah, just, I don't know, but it's such a good. It's just like when you figure out what the the joke of the puzzle is. Yeah, it's so funny and it's so <laughs> satisfying. I mean, and that's that like setting and humor is like super up my alley. So I, I just need to do it. There's one guy who you go up against who calls himself like the king of pies, who's just like challenges you to a pie eating contest. And he's such an asshole about it when he beats you. He's like, well, of course you were going to lose. I'm the king of pies. It's <laughs> <laughs> so much just like good, dumb humor like that. Yeah, it's it seems refreshing considering how like grim and like what's the word where you think everything sucks pessimistic yeah like most Dower? yeah most humor tends to lead towards like at somebody's expense yeah it's just like goofy because it's goofy there's like a nice charm to that <laughs> it feels like absurdist monty python-esque yeah in, in many of the ways it, it it was just like very like fun to play like i felt good playing it and then i felt good afterwards i was like that was just like a good experience nice i didn't feel gross with myself or <laughs> <laughs> well you're losing me there but you for, know whatever for a game where you are like trying to commit sin yeah, yeah. Well, i suppose it could have been way worse <laughs> that's why i don't make things like that because no one would want would that bum everyone out you yeah. have lisa <laughs> <laughs> that game's hilarious what are i you love that game <laughs> but god damn uh you want to talk about phones uh sure I only have one phone stuff, and it's not even from a, a very much of an indie game company. So, uh, apologies again that we're delaying the indiness of this episode. Uh, it's called Part Time UFO. Eh? Part Time UFO. Yeah. What is that? It's made by Hal, which did they do like Smash Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> but it's um. You know, like Gachapon or yeah. like those crane games? Claw games, UFO catchers. Yeah, you're a little UFO that drops down a claw catcher and you have to move stuff around. So you take jobs and this museum lady's like, I need you to help me pack up the artwork. Are you just dragging things with your finger? 
No, you you fly around. It's it's digital controls. Uh, so you're flying. Are they okay though? They're okay. Okay. You're flying around the UFO at the left, and then you just press a button to drop your claw, and then it picks it up, and then you got to move it. It's all very physicsy. Is it like watching an actual claw thing where it's like never really gonna pick things up too great? <laughs> it just and like, it's like does the kind of slides like on a them? dead fishy grab on it? Yeah. No, it's it it's very generous with what you're able to <laughs> grab onto, but. You're just like a little UFO, and you fly around, and you collect money, and you can buy stuff to like put on your guy. I bought a stuffed dog. It makes me faster. Does it? Do you do you burn out on that pretty quick? Or is it... I play like a mission when I'm like between renders or something. You know, it's pick it up, do a thing. There's like a lot of it's a metal based progression, kind of like how Jidge was. Hmm. Jidge, you Jidge. Ha- you have like three or four levels, I think. And there's a metal threshold to get to the next page of yeah. levels. <laughs> to beat the level is guaranteed one, but you can get up to three. So then you'll have to backtrack and try to earn some with like the bonus objectives to progress forward. But it's it's a fun little game and it's really charming, like cute. It kind of looks like um like when Kirby's in a UFO. Like okay. there's like eyes sticking out in like the dome part. Yeah, you know. And I mean they made Kurt they make Kirby shit so that. Makes sense, but mm-hmm. it's I like gachapons a lot anyway. So I like playing <laughs> UFO catchers where I don't lose a ton of money. <laughs> you don't end up with more shit for your shelf. Yeah, and it it was four bucks, so it's like a premium, and it's not an in app purchasey thing. So it's fun. That's Spe- cool, especially considering it's a gachapon machine game. It could have been gross, but <laughs> yeah, that's very easy to make a free to play. Yeah, it's bullshit. fun though. Yeah. Um, one game I showed it to you last time we were talking. Uh, I've been playing called The Planet of Mine. It's by I think I installed that on the show last time, and I still haven't launched. Oh, it. really? It's a it's yeah. a company called Tuesday Quest. Um, it's a sim game that's really like neat, where you're looking at a two D planet, uh, like you know, uh, just a forward view, where you just see the um diameter of the planet, and you can kind of spin it around to get to different parts of the planet. I and really you can like that look. Build different things in the areas. And, you know, there's things that you need, like food. So it'll generate food. Other things generate energy that you need to build other things. Do and the numbers go up? Numbers go up. <gasps> you know, numbers go down when you use mm, them. Losing me. You can uh, build things that harvest resources and that you need different resources to then research different kind of sciences. You know, very like. Uh, stripped down SimCity ish, you know, but mm-hmm. you can also space travel to get other planets. So now you're cycling through five or six different planets. Nice. And then there's also a mode to um, attack uh, other kind of planets that have other civilizations on them. Like human players or? Either. Like you're uh, I've not played against other people. Okay. I know that you can do it against a computer. So oh. I, I don't know for sure, just because I've mostly played in the mode. Where it's just like, build a bunch of shit. You're not going to get attacked. Go, Cause yeah. Because I, I I wanted that experience first, and I played it a lot. Like it was just is a really you can speed up time by spinning your almost like Superman, where he like gets time to go oh, backwards. Goes around the planet. Going around the planet, <laughs> you can just spin the planet real quick, and time will speed up. That's cool. Um, it, it's it's just a really great little sim, and it's not free to play. Well, it's you get one mode for free. That's like. 300 turns or whatever revolutions of the planet and then you see as much as you can build in that 300 Mm. but if you 
But that's the full thing. It's not like if you unlocked it, it would have kept going. Well, what you can unlock, that's that's a whole mode. Oh, okay. that's That's what they give you for free. Okay. Uh, if you pay the, like, $3 to unlock a different type of guy to start out with, and each different type of guy has bonuses, then it unlocks all the other modes, or you can unlock all the guys and all the modes for, like, $5. Oh, okay. You know, but... I kind of like that, because it gives you, like, a full thing. <laughs> And then if you if that's enough, then that's enough. But if you want to see what else, it's really a good way of doing it. Yeah, it's, I, I seems felt nice. really satisfied, and I put money into it fairly quickly, uh, and unlocked all the different modes. Because then there's like an endless mode, there's like an attack mode, there's uh, you know different types, different types yeah, like of mixes gameplay. Up what you have gotten used to. Yeah, yeah, and it feels different. The different guys doesn't don't necessarily change the game that much. They don't feel that different with starting guys mm-hmm. when you go to other planets you can unlock different guys who live on that planet sometimes just more cosmetic no they, i mean they change like one guy you can build stuff buildings quicker oh, okay. another guy you can uh sense other people farther out like radar you know so they, they have difference but it doesn't change too dramatically um but it's neat that they're there but it's more unlocking all the different game modes for like two or three bucks, is, mm-hmm. is totally worth it. I see. Here's my problem: is I really like that pay structure, but if I see a game that's free and it says contains in-app purchases, just because of the way those stores are structured, yeah. that almost always makes me not look at a game. It's so tough. I, I've I'm so weary of free games to begin with. Yeah. But uh, so I'll usually just sit through reviews and read reviews till I understand the pay structure. Mm. But it sucks because there's so many good games that. Because they're on the Google Play Store, they feel like they have to be free. Yeah. And they look like, on paper, they look like shitty gem mining games. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard. I wish there was a better system. Or like what kind of in-app purchases. Or like, at least on the iOS store, there was the top in-app purchases you could flag on the store and it would show you what some of the in-app purchases were. Yeah. So on there, I was able to see like, oh, full game unlock. Like now, I realize it's a demo thing. Or hats, yeah. or gems. Yeah, if it says like X amount of leaf cards, something that's clearly a currency, then I'm like, okay, never mind. Yeah, you know, more often than not, I won't install those. The Google Play Store is so clunky and unwieldy. Yeah, it's like so crap. Uh, but I was able to find this by digging around enough, mm. and it, it it is really good. And that's again a planet of mine. Yeah. Okay. Because you start out with a planet of your own. That is your own. That is of mine. I think that I think Part Time UFO is the only game I've installed on here. Oh yeah, I played a, a couple others, but I'll just talk about one more. Okay. Save the other ones for another time, maybe. But um, this is on the other end of the spectrum, where it's just purely a puzzly game with like calming music, as I like, <laughs> um, <laughs> called I Love Hugh. Uh, have you played i love Hugh? no i've seen the title and thought it was clever yeah it's it's another it's not the first game i've seen like this but it pulls it off very slickly where like it has color gradients and then it breaks up into blocks and it just like shuffles all the blocks like a puzzle and then you have to move the blocks to create the color gradients that are in proper order Mm -hmm. and you might have like a yellow in this corner and a green in this corner and a brown in this corner so it goes from brown to yellow, and this one goes green to yellow. But there's things that look like a greenish yellow that would actually be closer to the brown and yellow side just because of the way that the colors work. So it's just like a nice, like traditional, like 
puzzle piece puzzle game yeah. where you once you you kind of lock into what the color is it's like your brain just intuits it because of <laughs> how much we are used to seeing different colors yeah and it feels so like matrixy when you're like i know where this piece goes it goes here and this <laughs> one goes here and that one goes there like you yeah, feel like you can see through the matrix do they have a colorblind mode fuck them <laughs> they don't deserve it they don't deserve anything. they don't deserve you yeah the, in the camps that i've put them they actually won't have cell phones <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah it's a new america hashtag maga i don't even know what that means maga yeah Joey, how like in, impossible that you've lived in this country? What does that mean? It, make America great again? Oh, I know what that is. I didn't know there was like a, a hashtag. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I I envy the the world you've been able to live in. I, I tell you, man. If I <laughs> I pay attention for like spurts. Yeah. And I like start to get panic attack. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. Well. That's why we got video games. It yeah, works. Yeah, that's why I just bury my head in the sand. Yeah. I cut stuff out with lasers. I draw <laughs> pictures of dicks and And then laser the dicks. And, and then laser those. And yeah, I would like start to like feel my chest constrict, like looking at the news and being like, this is our state. And I'm like, I can't handle this. I can't <laughs> handle this. Well, that's why you got calming music in I Love Hugh. Yeah. That sounds... it's another one of those things where it's like you, for each level, you unlock... Uh, uh, whatever uh, uh, a shape like uh, a diamond or something and once you have 10 diamonds then you can go to the next go from novice levels to next you know apprentice levels and mm-hmm. then you can play those and are slightly harder and you need 50 more diamonds to go to the next one and mm, there's a diamonds. lot of, a lot of levels a lot of stuff it's ad supported okay so but you or you can buy your way out of the ads so it's again doesn't feel anything unfair I usually do. If I'm playing a game for more than five minutes, I usually buy my way out of the ads. Yeah, that's totally fine. The ads aren't so bad, but it's worth buying your way out of the ads just because it's a cool game. Yeah, I like that. It's title. not that expensive. Um, should we, throw to, we could probably throw to the interview now, huh? In the middle? Yeah. You want to uh, cue it up? I mean, you talked about the game last episode. Right. So last episode, <laughs> I brought up The Quiet Sleep. Uh, which again, as a refresher, is a tower defense game about your internal struggles to uh, live a life. Live a life, yeah. It's it's very dream neat, a abs- dream abstracted uh, internal monologue. Uh, but the developer reached out to us uh, and was totally down to talk about it. So I DTT <laughs> right. Um, I talked to him. Uh, myself, Ari, was not able to make it to the interview, but we can go talk to Nikhil Murthy now, who was kind enough to stay up super late to speak to us. Because he was in Beirut? Uh, Shoot, he said. I can't remember. He's in India. So he, He's it, in India? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, it was um, 11 p.m. his time. So I think he's 13 hours ahead. Okay. So he was... He had just gotten home, and I was like, uh, so we scheduled this, and I didn't know it was daylight savings time, and I fucking live here. <laughs> so um, he's just like, no, actually, I can I can do it right now. And we jumped on and uh, recorded an interview. So let's go to that. Well, thanks again for, for coming on, uh, especially oh, since it's, to. you know, super late over there. But <laughs> nah, I'm happy to. I'm happy to. I, I like. Uh, I honestly like talking about my game. Yeah, uh, I'd imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's talk about it. This is a uh, Nikhil from 
Uh, you're in India, right? That's right, Bangalore. Mm-hmm. I had kind of had my eye on The Quiet Sleep uh, as soon as I saw its Steam page go up. And the the mix of mechanic and theme is really what like made me want to check this out. And I was wondering if you could tell us the genesis of that. Was that always the intention going into making this game? Well, it was, it was a bunch of things all at once that sort of came together. Um, the first thing is that I had a good idea for a mechanical overlap, where I thought that I always feel that uh, straight tower defense is half a game and not a full game. Sure. In that it needs a little additional piece to really uh, come together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I so I I thought of that plus a settlers style game like the old settlers two. Where the interesting thing about um, putting them together is in the settlers you want your roads to be as straight as they can be, right? Mm-hmm. Because your economy goes faster if your roads are straight. But in tower defenses, you want these crooked roads so that each of your towers has more space to shoot. So this mechanical overlap was just interesting to me, right? Because it, as a player, it's then, which way do I fall? Do I want these roads to be straight or do I want them to be crooked so that they're defensible? Right, right, right yeah. Because so you have the stuff radiating outwards to get to your objectives, at the same yes. time, you're defending against the stuff coming at your, your home base, essentially. That's right. So it's a very interesting mechanical uh, seesaw, mm-hmm. right? Where the player, the player has these competing tensions that interest them. Then on top of that, um, I, I've been wanting to make games that, are, that communicate more with their systems. So uh, I don't know how much of The Quiet Sleep you played, but... Uh, just, uh, I've just messed with that first story. I've not completed it because I'm very bad at the game. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. So in the second story, there's a point where um, you have the ability to get over an achievement you've made. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's just, okay, I've made this achievement. Now I've completed, I've done this thing. Now I'm going to get on with my life, right? In that sense. And that only takes one will. But to get over self-loathing takes six will. So this little... um, this difference between the two is something that I don't have to explicitly call attention to, but and it's something that you feel mechanically. So there's there's a lot of things in this game that because they're so mechanical, they the story you get out of it is very different. If that makes sense. Uh, to give a more concrete example, in the first story, working makes you angry. And uh, to deal with that anger, you need to do something like paint, which will take energy. So if you're already using a lot of your energy on other things, you might say to yourself, I just don't have the energy to work right now. This is, and that's it's all very, very familiar sounding too, by the way. Yes, <laughs> like <it's>... yes right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this is just reverse engineered from, uh, from just stuff that happens to me. You know, it's just... <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> You you go through something and you go through something in your day and you think to yourself, yes, that w- that would go really well in this game. So I just put it in. Is are right? the stories drawn from your actual experience? The because it's very like narrative goal based. I didn't know if those were yeah. something that you were experiencing yourself, or if it was just like a fictional character. So I built honestly. Um, uh, so when I make games, I try to keep um, goals in mind. I mm-hmm. try to, 
keep key aesthetics in mind is the best way to put it. Like, what do I want this game to do? And this game, the most important aesthetic was familiar situations presented in a novel manner. It's like that work thing where it's something that's familiar to you, but by presenting it mechanically, it it uh, reads very differently. So the stories I chose were ch- were chosen to highlight that kind of thing. Just I I thought, what is a really good uh, story to showcase these mechanics? But having said that, I ended up putting a lot of the small details in it from my own life. Say it's all yeah. it's all incredibly relatable, and you can feel the mechanics also telling the same story as just text. Uh, it just translates to raw numbers in the mechanic of it so cleanly that it's surprising yeah. to me. Like it, I haven't seen anything like that before. Oh yeah, I I have never had anyone be able to tell me a game that's actually similar to The Quiet Sleep. Yeah. Has that been a struggle? Like, getting it noticed or kind of selling it to other people? I I mean, the sales so far are uh, quite low. (laughs) Quite low, indeed. (laughs) Which, uh, so, uh, I actually only just started up. This is my first game since I've started up, right? I used to uh, work for a gaming company before this. Oh, okay. And thankfully, um, from my work, I have some savings, so I'm not uh, financially dependent on this one game doing super well. Sure. This was a game that I gave myself the freedom to build, if that makes sense. Um, when you're when you get into video game design, there's a lot of advice people tell you, right? There's a lot of sort of rules of thumb, mm-hmm. and one of the important ones is to have an elevator pitch, right? So so that um, when people see your game in the store or on Twitter or wherever, they they have an idea in their head of what it is. Mm-hmm. But that's a limiting uh, principle to hold. It, and it also makes some stuff inherently less exciting. I mean, the the thing is that even with games that are elevator pitches, there's there's so much. We're we're not a formalized field, mm-hmm. and there's so much challenge in any game. And if and every game that you see is really the product of a ton of work behind it. But at the, at the same time, I had the ability to make a game that wasn't limited by a principle like that. And I, I still don't have a good elevator pitch for The Quiet Sleep. <laughs> I can tell you it's it's inside out, but a tower defense. And that, you sort of get the idea, but that's not um, that's not what I'm going for. You know, the, mm-hmm. the game you have in your head when you think inside out as a tower defense is a much uh, much more polished, much brighter but less mechanically interesting game. Have you found people willing to try something this sort of unique or Well, that that was my hope at pricing it at $5. Mm-hmm. I felt that for a lot of people it would just be an impulse buy at a price like that. But the fact is everybody's Steam library is already full, right? Everybody has more games to play than they have time to play them in. Mm-hmm. And so even $5 is a venture. I have games on my Steam wishlist that are free. I have games on my Steam <laughs> wishlist that are 79 cents, you know, and I've just never gotten around to getting to them. That's, yeah, that's but a good point. I do think that I suffer because if you, are to, if you look at the visuals of the game, which the Steam page mostly is, then it, the game does not look polished, right? Because it's not polished. It's just <laughs> like, it was just me doodling around for a, a year. 
mm-hmm. right? But um, but the mechanics are there, but you can't communicate mechanics without somebody playing it. Right. So it, it, the yeah. the entire development was in a year, or have you been working on it longer than that? No, actually, our uh, whole thing was about two years. Wow. But much of that was uh, not art-focused. Sure. I wanted the mechanics down first, and mm-hmm. then I did some art runs, and then I did some mechanics runs, and back and forth. But uh, a good long, uh, the a good long period was with really uh, incomprehensible graphics. What what did you develop in? This is actually HTML5. Oh, okay. I got into HTML5 uh, when it was er- uh, quite early in HTML5's uh, cycle. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, uh, I didn't feel like taking on the tech risk of trying something new. Sure. Well, I suppose, right, like, I, especially since it's your first project. Exactly. And it's just, uh, you you have to decide what's important to you as a designer, right? If I can make the game in my head with HTML5, I may as well just do it. Sure. Are yeah. you, um, is your current development plans to continue supporting Quiet Sleep, or are you already kind of noodling on another thing? Oh, yeah. I, I actually started work on my next game. Oh, awesome. Yeah, do you want to talk about that, or is that uh, out if, of scope if, here? It's totally up to you. Uh, yeah, if you want to kind of give us a preview, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's not playable yet. I've only just started on it a week or so ago. Oh, wow. it's called uh, it's called Civilization. Civilization? No, Civilization. <laughs> okay. It's a it's a parody of Civilization. Okay. As, as you probably guessed. Uh, so this started actually. I I got the idea for this uh, while working on the Quiet Sleep. Maybe a year into the Quiet Sleep. I read um, Ulysses by James Joyce. Okay. And in the middle of it, he uh, there in the middle of it, there's a sequence where Leopold Bloom's in an Irish pub, and someone there remarks disparagingly on the British Empire, calling it a civilization. <laughs> and at the same time, I'd been thinking about parodies in video games, right? And how we don't do enough of them. I I actually also built a very small parody of. Um, Getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Oh, nice! As part of this, yeah, uh, it's on my itch page. What is the uh, the username for that? Oh, it's uh, Why Not Games. It's called Getting Over It Without Bennett Foddy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, actually, I asked his permission before doing that, and he was cool with it. Oh, cool that's guy. great. But um, so with Civilization, um, there's a lot of. There's a lot of statements that are just um, inherent to the Civilization series, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm using Civilization to uh, to try to highlight some of the implicit statements of the Civ series. So it's a 4X game that's set in a classroom where you're one of a group of students who are doing a group report on Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill himself is sort of a microcosm of the thinking behind the Civilization series, where uh, he's a man who has done both great and terrible things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I want to use uh, a 4X to try to talk a little bit more about, about who he is. not Not as much about who he is and what he's done, but just about the way we look at history as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I still have a lot of work to do on this. It's sure. very nascent, 
but that's, um, uh, that's yeah. it's it sounds like a an evolution of kind of where you came at the quiet sleep from like using mechanics in a way to illustrate uh, a story or an idea through the mechanics rather than uh, like info dumps yeah. or, or very much so although I must say I feel the quiet sleep was much more ambitious this one's a, this one takes a few steps back in terms oh, of okay. like raw ambition although syphilization does allow you to actually spread syphilis in it so it's got <laughs> that going for it well at least it's it's owning up to its name then <laughs> I, I feel like I have to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> My hope with The Quiet Sleep was that it... W- I, d- I never expected it to be a massive commercial success, right? Mm-hmm. But what I always hoped was that it would... Is, is that some young game designer would play it. And then that would... Then, like, in 10 years, that's going to be one of the games that influenced them drastically. <laughs> so, awesome. for me... Yeah, for me, I remember when I was... I think 17, 17 or 18, I played Gravitation for the first time. Do you know this game? I, that does not ring a bell, it, no. It's a Jason Rohrer game, right? Yeah. Uh, same guy who made Passage and uh, I forget Castle his new Doctrine game. It's uh, MMO with One Life. Right. He, he made the Castle Doctrine. He made a bunch of them. So when I was 17, there was no indie market. There was no mobile market. Right, it was triple A or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was ready to jump into triple A, but then I played uh, Gravitation, which is a game about uh, about a guy balancing work and his daughter. And right now, it's uh, uh, right now. I don't know how well it'll hold up, but to me, at seventeen, when the only thing I'd seen until then was triple A games, it just blew my mind. It's just like I didn't even know you could do this. I thought there were rules against making games like this you know right it it's just some it was just completely out there for me and and to me with the quiet sleep i'm hoping that for someone it it sparks that kind of thing it just gets them thinking about what the medium can be instead of what it is you know wow you guys had a really interesting talk yeah it was real good that was it was very cool of him to 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 take the time out and i I hope he, you know, reaches back out to us uh, when With syph- future projects. Syphilization is is uncomfortable name. <laughs> it's <laughs> done and ready to play. Um, I I suppose you don't have any alphas you want to discuss. No, still don't. Still don't. Still don't. Do you have any multiplayer? And now to- I don't buy them accidentally because they show up on my wish list uh, as an alpha. Right. Yeah. On Steam. Yeah. It's great. Big for you. Big. Big. Great. Uh, multiplayer. Um, Cause I'm gonna combine all these Monster into. Monster Hunter. <laughs> no. I I, uh, nah, I don't have any multiplayer right now. I'm gonna combine Alpha multiplayer and my marquee into one giant topic. You're crazy, Joey. I am. You're goddamn crazy. I'm gonna play all the jingles in a row, <laughs> right now. Alpha time. The multiplayer counts. Yeah, that was insane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's how much I like this game, and you saw me playing it out on the couch. I'm going to talk about Deep Deep Rock Galactic. Get deep. Which is space mining and starship troopers and dwarves, and I fucking love it. I love it so much. 
Well, you got dwarfs. You like that. I, yeah, I love, got, I love their fortresses. You got bugs. You, you hate them, and you get to kill them. Yeah, I do my part. You got mines and crafting. So, it's, bonus. There's, there's, there's little to no crafting. It's literally just mining. <laughs> the only crafting you do is there's a certain type of resource that you can spend to call in a drop pod. And then, so that's not really crafting. And then, like the stuff that you mine when you leave, you can buy upgrades, like beards, like new shiny beards, <laughs> or or rockabilly hair, which I really want. Um, and can you, you with the rockabilly hair? Can you also get like a pack of cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve? No, no, no. There's okay. So because I put this in all of them, first this is early access. Feels very good. There is still a little bit of jank, but I actually jumped in a multiplayer game with my brother-in-law, and it was totally fine. Like, it didn't fall apart, which did, is... Did it say... I thought it said two years, at least, is I what think it's saying. what they were saying, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, yeah this feels like a game that 1.0 is going to be arbitrary, because <laughs> I feel like even when they hit 1.0, they're going to still add shit Support to it. it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like a game that... It'll only be finished when they just decide they don't want to make more stuff for it because, you know, the the types of weapons or the types of, like, all that stuff can just kind of be plugged into this because the core itself right now I'm having a, like, a really good time with. So it's, um, you get, like, a mission, and for this mission you have to mine 200 of this resource. You... Pick one of four, I think it's four classes, which are driller, scout, uh, a tech, uh, turrets guy, and a heavy gunner. Did I say heavy gunner already? No. No. I think I think those. I think that's it. Uh, each the one tech, of those. The scout, the heavy gunner, and the... Uh, driller. Driller. There you go. Yeah. So each of those has like its own preset loadout of... A primary weapon, an alt weapon, a like special uh like accessory, and then like cosmetic? No, like, like you've got nice uh beard wax. Like a non combat thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh so mine as a scout, as I was playing, is like a flare gun that can shoot into the ceiling and light up a room. Uh when I was the gunner, his was uh a giant C four <laughs> charge to like clear out a big rock thing. Um, I'm not actually sure. Cause those are the only two I've played so far. Um, William played the, the driller and the tech guy or the, uh, I keep calling him the tech guy. What's that? The engineer, like an okay. engineer type. Um, you could build two turrets at a time. And his, one of his alt guns is a platform gun that basically just shoots a giant wafer into a wall. So you can like use it as a stair to get to places. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's, it looks like somebody launched a vanilla wafer into the wall at like a thousand miles an hour and only mm, half of it's sticking out. Delicious. From the wall. I know. Um, so you go down in the mines and it's procedurally generated and it has like these veins where just like in the best parts of Minecraft, you'll stumble into an area that you're digging and it'll open up to another chasm. That's, dark and you got to throw your flares that continually regenerate it just has that really nice sense of discovery with a thing you can accomplish which is like it gets the thing that i didn't like about minecraft and fixes it and also dwarves and also bugs (laughs) and also actual missions yeah so like you you get the thing or you get 
an objective and a secondary objective. And once they're done, you can call in your drop pod. And then it's just a run to evac, essentially. Um, Depending on where you are and how deep you are, the, the drop pod doesn't go down next to you. You have to get to it within five minutes. And at that point, it alerts like a bunch of bugs. So it becomes like the the Metroid escape the ship before it blows up, you know, like you just went through probably a 45 minute to an hour long harrowing thing. And if you you lose and you both die, you only get, I think they said now 25% of what you collected versus all of it. If you're able to get out at least one of you and cash everything in. So I guess that was an update because if you died before that, you got nothing. And now they're at least giving you like a trickle because like I played that for an hour and then got killed on my way out and then (laughs) didn't get anything. But were you just swearing like high heaven? Well, I think I played it after the update because I was just looking at like they had a couple. They have one of those um, news scrolls when right when you load it up that say new announcements or uh, a Crichton? patch update. Is that what they're called? The what? A Crichton? I think something like that. That news crawl under like... Oh, I don't know. No, oh, it, it's not. A, it's it's literally like a scroll scroll text box you can... Like, oh, it's just a text box. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and it has some of the patch notes and it specifically called out like rewards when you're done. But um, there seems to be a lot in there. It's a good game to just kind of like zone out and do uh, a mission and dig for shit and then the general flow of the game is you keep working your way down. You use like a depth scanner to look through the walls and see where other open pockets of floor are by you. Uh, and then you just survive until the next, a next wave of bug bugs comes and fend them off and then continue to try to finish your mission. So it's, it's really satisfying. The multiplayer worked really well. Bugs um, look nice and gross. The bugs look gross. There's, uh, a bunch of different special infected style things. So there's like a a cave leech, which is a thing that has like a long tongue. will go out and grab you and suck you into the ceiling. Um, there's a bug whose ass is big and green, and if you kill it, it like leaks poison gas everywhere. There's it's just a lot of like really great. Whoa, what's that type of thing? Which is like a super lame thing to say out loud, but that's the feeling you get when you're digging down through it. So I, I've actually had Would this. Would you say you dig it? I dig it a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Dwarf Fortress Starship Troopers mining. Like, it's there's so many things in here that... Would you say for a dwarf game that it doesn't come up short? It does not. Uh, I also dig it. Uh, Still. I again. <laughs> um, I've had this thing on my wish list for, I think, a year already like on steam and it came out a week or two ago in early access. So I was really hoping it was good. And I, and, it was. and I loaded it up last night and did three and a half missions with William. And it was three and a half hours, you know, just like, and, and you still wanted to play it the next day. That's yeah. A good and sign. I was playing it when you got yeah. here cause I wanted a new beard. I need enough money for a new beard. I need a new beard. <laughs> Come on, man. Just, just, just one more beer, man. Just spot me like five bucks. Come on, man. I'm good for it. I just, I just need a taste of beard. Sweet, <laughs> well, sweet beard. Oh, they man. have the thing where you can join their Steam group and they'll give you five thousand coins to like buy new upgrades or whatever. 
and went and bought a new beard and then went in a mission and immediately got smoked. So I probably should have spent it on better guns or more ammunition or something. Now, you wanted your family at your funeral to see <laughs> to know you the good beard. in a glorious beard. Well, I died in the pit, so it'd be like, I want the drawing of me to be yeah. really good yeah. at the funeral. The only thing we were able to recover from his corpse was this beard. <laughs> oh, Worth no. it. Worth it. It was even a fake beard. <laughs> he was a merkin. What a loser. <laughs> a beard merkin. <laughs> it's really good. I, I had a lot of fun. And even though it is early access, I just like this is the type of game that's just going to keep getting better because they're going to add more and more stuff to it. Um, and plus, you get a little robot friend if you play solo because it needs to protect you. That can somehow travel through walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it bugged out a little bit and was getting stuck in the wall, but... Uh, I when I first loaded it up, I just dug straight down, and it took like ten minutes before it wouldn't let me go down any further. Of just straight picking straight below me, yeah, which is a lot of dirt because you reached hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not quite terraria, but <laughs> the um, and it's also it's a very small thing, but it's it's like a voxel based. I, I believe that's the difference. So everything's not cubes, like all these games. That immediately makes me not want to pay attention because it's not trying. Yeah, it doesn't look like a Minecraft clone. It doesn't look like Minecraft. When you like pick at a wall, it explodes in a way that I, it, you can't see the seams, really. Uh, it's pretty great. Um, it has like Everything has that kind of low-poly, shiny look. Like Everything's too computerized in, in like a weird way. But it's it's very but striking. It's not full on Tron. No, no, no. Yeah. It just it's like they're not going it's got a for a glimmer realism. to it. Yeah, yeah. It's everything because it's space and you know alien bugs and stuff. It has a very colorful space thing, which is I feel like sometimes people forget to to liven up an environment because it's usually all gray and it's not metal. gritty. Yeah, and, yeah. It's there's these flowers that glow in the dark, and here's this crystal that is green and glowing. Like it's very neat and very, very looking for this setting. But uh, I'll I'll stop talking about it because as soon as we're done, we can go play some more. Yeah, early access. I'll play in two years. <laughs> yeah, in two years you can play. <laughs> uh, what do you got? Uh, I've been playing a game, uh, Tooth and Tail. That is a secret shame of mine. I've been meaning to go back to it. Oh, Joey. <laughs> well, it's good. It's yeah, good. Um, but the, the you know, I'll, I'll mention it's, it's not perfect. There's, a, you know, a little bit, but it's a really cool game. It's by Pocket Watch Games, the guy who made Monaco, which is a game that I still love it's so much. It's one of much. my favorites. Monaco's um, so good. This won't replace Monaco in my heart. Yes. But, you know, just because the experience of coming to it's so different. But Tooth and Tail is really, really neat. It's it's They found out a way to make a real-time strategy game that feels like it's built for a console. Like, I play it with controller only, and it feels perfectly fine. Where every other real-time strategy I play, I need a keyboard mouse. Yeah. And you're jumping around, and you really need, like quick actions and stuff like that but, it's it's kind of Ari Halo Wars yeah okay all units <laughs> all units <laughs> every it, four seconds it's it's um it it's a little bit like um you know I at first I was like oh this is kind of like Warcraft 3-ish because you have like your hero and your everyone, Bannerman 
and, and everyone's running around them. It's not like that really because your guy, your banner holder, the one who you control, does not attack at all. Right. They are not. They can be killed, but they just respawn at your base, and they're not there to do anything but to direct the action of the guys that you build. He's like a movable rally point. Yeah. Just, you yeah. well or um, uh, a holding spot or uh, you know, uh, everyone go home spot. Oh, okay. you know, and you can select like of the five different units, you can select one unit at a time to follow you and send them over here and then select another oh, unit to go over so you there. You can't mix them as one giant thing. You can also, you oh, have okay. right trigger is for everyone. Left trigger is just for one class. Uh, what becomes a little frustrating, but it, I don't think this is a bug. I think it's just a different way of playing it. It's not a feature. It's like, you can't split up. I want five of you. A rat guys oh, to go here yeah. and five of you rat guys to go over there. Mm-hmm. But I, if it if it was like that, you would need a mouse and keyboard. Like yeah. it it simplifies it, so it becomes a little like takes away some of the tactics. But it it's necessary and it uh, it's not missed too hard as long as you understand that's a limitation you're working within. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is so cool. It's just so it neat. Fucking dark. It's so dark. <laughs> it's it's like. Basically, it's it's a universe where everything is anthropomorphic. It's all animals that but not, are, but not furry animals. I mean, they're they're somewhat furry. They're 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 like animals. They're like uh, our, some of them have cute tails. They're that, like armello. You know, they can just like kiss and bury into my own. But fur they're they're armello. They're not like give personalities and they're not peopleized animals. <laughs> no, they're not. They're they're actual animals that are standing upright and are wearing like nineteenth century clothing. See, that's fine. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel sketchly. As much as I was joking, it doesn't feel like uncomfortable. Like, uh, is there <laughs> like something under that fur that I don't want to see that yeah. looks too human? <laughs> no, it's not like that at all. But um, no pink dicks. No pink. I was <laughs> trying to dance around dick. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only the pink dicks that are allowed are in here. There's no extra pink dick. Yeah, just the red rocket variety. Yeah. Um, that's that was the rule, right? Like, what do their dicks look like? That's <laughs> that's how you know. That's whether or not it's furry. If they look like people dicks, then it's furry. There's no, not that I've seen yet. No people dicks. Okay. Uh, we haven't finished it. Not finished it, but I've gotten pretty deep. Full disclosure, <laughs> I haven't yeah. finished it. I, I've played a lot of it though, and uh, the story is really, really cool. It, it's basically like you have four different factions that represent like four different types of societies. There's like. The clergy people, there's the commoners, there's the people who are like um, Soviet socialists, there are people who are like fascists, and each one, they're not painted as one-dimensional, they're painted as like, you know, the communist ruler actually wants to like help the people and create order, and... uh, Maybe communism is not so bad. But the commoners see them as like, you know, evil, repressive, you know... Everyone paints the other party in the negative light, and every party paints themselves. Ah. So it, it feels really cool. So when you're playing as like one party, you don't feel like you're the bad guys. But then you switch and are playing the other party, playing against them in the Weird, campaign. Yeah. And they do a nice job of like dancing through, and like some of the factions become uh, team up against the other faction. Like, no, it's really the clergy that's the problem. We so all have to. It's tooth and tail, colon the gray area. Yeah. It. Well, no, because no matter who you're playing, it all feels kind of dark because the whole purpose is that there's been some kind of like famine. And so 
people have to start eating or rats or whatever you are, squirrels or whatever your animal, you have to start eating the other animals because meat is the only food source left. <laughs> and so then it's deciding who should be the food. Uh. And then there turns out to be, you know, the famine's over, but people have gotten a taste for meat and they're like, I'm never going back to eating like rabbit food or whatever, you know, it's like, I, we, we started with meat. Now we need meat, you Whoa. know? So you feel gross and dark no matter who you are. But uh, the story is, and there's so much dialogue that was written in because when in, in the interstitials between the matches, you're walking around your base area and there's just a lot of different sprites that all talk to you. They don't oh, have cool. like endless things to say, mm-hmm. but it's just like, there's a ton of them. And yeah. each one says something that you don't need to read at all. It's like ridiculously over realized. <laughs> yeah, he spent a lot like they spent a lot of time, which is cool. Yeah. Especially when there's such a rich story. Um does the the mechanics of only controlling that like one bearer guy does that get repetitive or do you the, ever feel like you wish you had more The missions are very different. Oh, so okay. the missions will start you out with certain handicaps. Sometimes it's like you have to build a lot of resources and then defend. Sometimes it's like you get no resources and you have to just go uh, like recruit people have, or you have to just immediately kill yeah, with what you have. Or it's like you're only given this one type of recruit uh, or maybe two different types of recruits. So you really have to learn how to use them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's things like after, once you leave the your base area, there's like a death wind that you can only last so long for. So you have to learn how to attack quickly or take over more campsites to kind of lead yourself to the objective. So there's a lot of different single-player objectives that change the game up so it doesn't feel repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, all the maps are also procedurally generated. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, it seems which, crazy when it's like a victory condition is well, also different. It's It's sometimes crazy. This is where it's not like a perfect... Sometimes you can get start in situations where it's just it, it's impossible from the way the map is laid out like you immediately start next to a well-fortified base that the <laughs> second you move it's going to destroy you oh. you have no room to grow and there's no defensible circumstance because you have like open sides all around you then there's other parts where you just like start and you're like this is going to be cake because i'm fortified on every side by mountains and like you know the other sides on the other side of the map they're never going to get to me until i have time to attack them so you, does that seem like though that victory then is totally randomly generated? It, not totally. Uh. It, but there are circumstances where you start and you're just like, "This is fucked," or like, I, "I'll have to restart the map two or three times to have a fair shot," and then it's still not easy. But at least now I'm not screwed at the outset, you yeah. know, handicapped. Um, and then the last map that I got to that was really frustrating was. They have little hints also for the maps. Like, if you want it, here's a little hint of how to get ahead. This hint was like, use your snakes to uh, poison the enemy's base without having too many casualties. And I was like, cool. Why don't I have snakes? (laughs) (laughs) Turns out there was a patch that I'd gotten just that day that took away snakes and replaced them with something else that's like very, very nerfed. I think Uh. maybe they thought it was too easy. But then it swung the pendulum so hard that I can't beat this map now. Oh, like, shit. I, I mean, I've spent many, many replays just trying to like bang my head against this. But they, I think they are still figuring out the balance of some of these levels. Because it is. it came out you know, three months ago or four months ago. Yeah. It's not, it's that, not multiplayer though, right? 
I believe it is, but I've only been playing single player. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, it it must be if they're worrying about balance like that. But I, f- I thought it wasn't. Oh, it no, it has multiplayer for sure. It does. Huh. Um, the uh, but I I haven't messed around with the multiplayer because the single player is is a deep experience. Um, I haven't moved yet to multiplayer because especially with multiplayer games like real time strategies, if you're not like awesome out the gate, if the game's been out for longer than a week, you're just gonna get like mercied. Yeah. So I, I usually don't go to multiplayer until I feel totally. Um, yeah, it's got local and online. M- totally comfortable. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to dig into that too. But and it's competitive. So each I'm... each of the different um, the different factions feels very different too, which is neat. Oh, cool. Yeah, like the the type of attacks and the type of defense stuff is very different. And it's crazy how different this is from Monaco. Yeah, it's super super different. Um, the music, just like Monaco, is very good. Is it the same guy? Piano-y. Is it Austin Wintery again? I don't know. It might be. Uh, um, they usually say on the, the page if it's... Hmm, I do not see. But yeah, I I was super looking forward to it, and then I just... It kept fading further and further back. And I don't know why. Like, it's even installed on my Mac right here. It's, yeah, you should play it. The yeah. art is is great too. The animations are really neat. We uh we should try that multiplayer. Yeah. See what that's like. We could battle for meat. Loser gets eaten. I'm gonna eat you. Uh, uh. I already took a bite of you. No. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? I guess. Did it taste good? No. Should I eat but some? I'm still gonna eat some. <laughs> <laughs> Does it make it worse that I don't even enjoy it? But I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> Just... Yeah, kind of. It it feels more insulting. <laughs> it's kind of sad, really. So hopefully now that they got this out of the system, though, we get more Monaco. I mean, you can still play Monaco. It's not going anywhere. It's still great. Did they ever put, like, a level creator in Monaco? No, I don't, I don't remember that, but that would be awesome. If they had Steam Workshop I'm gonna, support I'm and gonna look. I'm gonna, If it has it, I'm gonna, okay. that'd be awesome. I'm going to look. I'm going to look. Yeah, don't do it, Joey. Well, it's crazy. Look. You're a crazy man. I got it. We have a Steam Workshop. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, a high recommend for this game. Like, it's not a perfect game. There's some frustrations with especially the, the g- procedural generation, but uh, every other box it hits. And if you like real-time strategies at all, but want a casual couch game, they call it a popcorn real-time strategy. Yeah, that's 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 a good way to like, put it. It's perfect. It's it's really really fun for that. So it does have uh, Monaco does have Steam Workshop now, and people are uploading levels. Whoa! Oh, there you go. PSA, everybody. We should play some more of that. We should Fuck. get three more, two other people, and get another Monaco run. Fuck, I love Monaco. Yeah. So you know, there's always the like the pressure of following up on a awesomely successful, very innovative, neat game, and they they totally knocked it out of the park. With a uh, tooth and tail, <clears throat> and I I remember they were really good about story and stuff, even in Monaco too, with it being that simple. Like I thought those conversations the di- in between, they with really, the different characters who really felt like different personalities. They really felt different, yeah. but they all look like the same little block people. Yeah, yeah. So like it's it's cool that they are able like they obviously took. Turns out they're just super talented. <laughs> like, it wasn't a fluke, <laughs> assholes. <laughs> 
Uh, very cool. I I will for sure play more of that because um, I like what they do, and I've already bought it. So you know, I supported. Yeah, it, we I should guess. play some multiplayer. Yeah, let's do it. Eat some meats. Eat you. Ah. Uh. No, I don't want it. <laughs> no. All right. Well, that feels like a show. Want to? Should we give away a game? You want to put it in the uh, show notes again? Yeah, we haven't heard. I haven't heard anything lately. Yeah. From codes, but if you go to explosemagico.com, click on the podcast and on the WASD page, uh, the WASD section of the website, each episode has its own uh, posting, and if you click on it, that is where. Our code will be the steam, for, code the steam code will be for this episode. And if you are able to cash in this code and uh, play it, please just let us know either Twitter or an email or something simple. Let us know what you think of the game. That is all we ask or preferably leave it in a five star review on iTunes because that helps more people find our show. And, you know, don't, don't cost nothing. And we gave you something. Can we bribe them in any other way? Like I don't know what else you can do. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like he, like Joey said, you can send us a message on uh, Twitter, the at Waspod Twitter handle, or our Steam group, which is the Waspod group. Uh, Waspod That's climbing at, up, by the way, members-wise. Gmail.com, you know, if you want to email, whatever way. It's easy. Or our favorite way, which is a five-star review on Amazon. Which I, I haven't checked lately. On Amazon? Show. No. Oh, shit. I did that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was a callback to when you did it by accident last time. Shit. <laughs> like we said last time, just pick a product. doesn't matter what it is. And just talk about WazPod. But make sure you treat that product right with five stars. iTunes. iTunes. Waz brought to you by Amazon. <laughs> uh, Bezos ain't giving us money for nothing. No shit. But, uh, I just loaded up our page and it reminded me. Are you still fucking being a dick in Columba? That's just, that's just, don't worry about that. <laughs> Do I need to go load up Columba and see what you've done? All I'm saying is, you're way behind <laughs> on a lot of shit, man. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Looks like you ain't King Kalimba these days, buddy. Oh, man. Yeah, good luck with that. Have you gotten all of them now? Uh, no, actually, I haven't gone back. Since, oh, you just gotten forward? Since... Uh, I think the last time you called me out, but I at that point I had done a lot more that I don't think you ever uh, were able to top. And somebody else, one of somebody else, uh, another Waz listener was getting in on it too. Oh shit! But I destroyed his scores too. So do you remember who it was? Both come at me. I don't know because it was months ago. All right. Well, if anyone else wants to join in the Kalimba hunt, because <laughs> you as as long as we're Steam friends, you can see the other people. Yeah, what their yeah. scores are. And uh, and it auto leaderboards every level. Yeah, <laughs> and it's based on time and precision. So it's like there's a hundred. Is it a hundred bits or is it vary? I it can't remember. Varies, I think. There's there's a collectible in the level that. No, not, no, it is a hundred. It is. You have I think to it's get. 100. You have to get through the level as fast as possible and without dying and collect every single thing. Yeah. So if you fuck up at the last jump, and then time is the most important. Yeah, you know, yeah, if, getting through it quickly. Quickly. Um. So if you want to join in on this horrible, painful uh, game we have going on, just add add us as uh, friends on Steam. I am Clockface, and Ari is Dibno, uh, and you can... D-Y-B-N-O. D-Y-B-N-O. And I think Kalimba's like, what, six cents? <laughs> I don't point? know. It's still great. Yeah. Add, add Kalimba to your wish list next sale. Pick it up, because um, it is truly special. <laughs> I just wish more people played it. 
their their new game is out in early yeah. access. Yeah, it's called uh, Trailmakers, Trailblazers, Trailblazers. It's basically uh, Banjo Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts. Oh, really? Yeah. Does he wear a a blazer? I don't know. Actually, I think it's it's like more open worldy. I think, and you just can construct any vehicle and zoom around the level. What an odd follow up! But uh, well, uh, they they formed a new studio because that, they got all that money from Microsoft. That studio cl- was closed by Microsoft. Trailmakers. Oh, it was Trailmakers. Trail okay. Um, so no, they don't wear blazers. No blazers, as far as I can okay. tell. Uh, intuitive vehicle building game in a big open world fi- filled with things to do and places to explore. And like the vehicles that they are showing in this thing uh, are pretty different looking. <laughs> so it's it's kind of got that 3D grid based thing where you can attach this wheel and it'll rotate this way and then you plug stuff into this 3D grid and make something you can drive. So it, it looks really neat, but I'm sure it'll be in early access for the, a chunk of time. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So I won't play that for a while. But yeah, but I'm we glad can they're making games. We play Kalimba until then. Yes, we'll play Kalimba until Trailmakers comes out. This, there's a an airplane. So I guess you can make everything. Okay. <laughs> um, very excited. They, the vehicles kind of look like Connects, like those old Connects yeah. things. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. I'm gonna make a Razor scooter. Ooh. Ugh. I'm gonna eat it. Okay. Is it made <laughs> out of meat? Will be okay. Can do everything in Trailmakers. <laughs> Play Kalimba. What's happening? <laughs> Meat. <laughs> I'm throwing. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> Sign us out. Uh, so again, I think everyone should go to the uh, Explosive Magico page and check out some of the other Explosive Magico podcasts. Um, Lil JK, of course, and Movie Show. I would also recommend the Avocado Cast uh, by my host here, Joey Guacatoli, and myself, Ari Cado. And um, if you're wondering where to jump in, I would say episode 13 is where uh, we try to eat as much avocado as we can. It turns out Joey is still deathly sick whenever he eats some. He eats way too much, starts screaming about his heart. I get freaked out and just leave. That's the end of every episode. You hear Joey kind of struggling on the microphone for a good 45 minutes later. Uh, Another episode would be uh, episode 15 is where we huff gasoline. And <laughs> forgot the avocado entirely. <laughs> we, yeah, there's we don't talk about avocados much, uh, but in in that state, Joey again grabs the existing <laughs> avocado we had left over from a few episodes before, eats it again. He passes out and starts screaming again. I again leave and drive away, but you hear my car crash into the outside <laughs> of the podcast studio. So. Really high-paced, exciting podcast. I would recommend that as well. Very exciting. I would also like to listen to that show. <laughs> <laughs>